0: Welcome to the Milk Bottle Labs Shopify e-commerce podcast brought to you by Milk Bottle Labs, officially Ireland's top rated Shopify experts. Milk Bottle Labs build, upgrade and market Shopify stores all over the world. If you're not happy with your current platform, Milk Bottle will migrate your online business to the Shopify and Shopify Plus platforms with zero interruption. This podcast is supported by Rewind.io, the leading backup solution for your Shopify store available in the Shopify App Store. Thanks for listening. Now over to your host, Keith Matthews. Hi, welcome to episode four of the Milk Bottle Shopify e-commerce podcast. Today we talk to Stina of Valorat Photography Gloves. Based in Norway, Stina and her team ship across the world on multiple Shopify stores with warehouses in Norway, Europe and the U.S., they say that some of the best business ideas come from business concepts that solve very simple problems. And this is certainly the case with Valorat Photography Gloves. Stina, originally from Denmark, and her business partner, Carl, originally from New Zealand, set up Valorat in 2014. They design, create and ship products that, that, that solve a very simple problem. When you're out and about in cold climates taking photographs, the gloves keep your hands warm so you can control your camera. It's a really insightful interview. Stina shares how she came up with the idea, how they shipped the product on the Shopify platform, shares her experience migrating from WordPress across to Shopify, and also shares some really insightful views on using the Shopify platform daily. I have to say, I really enjoyed this interview, and I hope you do too. So let's kick off. So Stina, thank you very much for joining us today. Where are you, where are you based?
1: Thanks so much, Keith. Um, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, we are based in Norway, so it's a uh, yeah, it's a great white season for us up here.
0: And you know, in in Dublin, it's getting really cold. We're we're in the depths of the winter, heading towards Christmas. So, your climate is it is it cold for six months of the year, or do you have a winter the same as everybody else and a summer? What what sort of a what sort of a climate goes on over there?
1: Well, we do have a winter and a summer, and we have fall and spring as well. But the winter is definitely longer. So, I'd say we have. Uh, snow between, from November till April. And then, but, but you can ski all year. It's all about where you go and uh how high you get if you're deep in the mountains and you're your in the valley. But it's nice here. No, it's long as well. So you can go all the way to the top into the Arctic or you can stay down where I am in bus, which is a uh, more like similar climate to, uh, to where you used to, just a little more snow, I guess.
0: Very good. So, so Stina, I'm, I'm fascinated by by your story and by your product. And I'm delighted to, to have the opportunity to be able to share it with people. We migrated you guys over to Shopify, you know, I think it was mid-year in, in, in our interactions. I, I was kind of fascinated by... Uh, the product that you've created and and how you came about it. So just explain to everybody what the, the Valorat Photography Glove does.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Keith. It's so nice to hear that other people take interest in what you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so our gloves are, we make photography gloves. So basically our gloves help photographers uh, to have long and and like, comfortable Photo shoots in winter. Because as you are, when you're a photographer, you go out and it's beautiful. It's crisp and frosty outside. You go out there and then you, if you wear the regular gloves, um, with your camera, it's just really hard for you to operate your, your dials and your buttons and to adjust the settings when you're out there. So it's really a frustrating as a photographer that you have to sometimes take your gloves off. So our, um, our gloves, Resolves that uh, that problem for our photographers. They all have like a, a little flip take opening, so you can poke out your fingertips and adjust your camera without getting frozen hands. So that's what we design our gloves for to have that functionality that you can operate your camera even though it's cold, so you don't need to take off your gloves and and freeze. So we that was the whole idea. Carl and I have uh, we love winter. We just we're, we're not Norwegian. Actually, I'm Danish, and Carl is. My business partner is from New Zealand, but we are now in Norway just because we, we love the frost. We just we just love having fun in winter. And it's a great place to be. So traveling from one winter destination to another, like from Alaska to Arctic Sweden to New Zealand to to here, we just had that problem ourselves for a while that we just got really frozen hands. And we were out there and uh, we have... We had some friends also that were photographers and looking for like a photography gloves that would kind of fit their image and, and their like um, taste, I guess. So we thought, oh, maybe there's a business opportunity there. So we, then we just looked more into it because what we would like to see was a glove that was kind of fashionable, that would be more like taking that fashion element from the ski industry and into a functional glove because most there are other photography gloves out there and we're not the first ones by far but but they are well they focus a lot on functionalities let's put it that way so so we're kind of missing that fashionable element that we yeah. that we then take from the ski industry. you think oh how can we make some functional gloves for photographers that actually look really sweet
0: very good. So, 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 Stina, it, it was a classic case of, of you guys coming across a problem and you decided to act on it. Like you actually sat down and you knew exactly what you needed and you actually went and designed the glove and found, did you, did you find a design team or, you know, how did you go about actually physically creating it? I mean, I'm assuming that you needed the help of a designer and a producer and you needed to source materials or, is there facilities elsewhere to get all of that?
1: Well, Cal and I, from the get go, we wanted to start a business, so we started brainstorming about what are our own uh, competencies, what are our skill set, and what could we do? Where do we see a market? So, so we took that idea of making photography gloves and kind of we went a little analytical on it, and um, and it that in that well analyzing what we could do um, and what we could do with a concept like photography gloves, we came across that Carl is a, he's an educated landscape architect actually. So from his uh, degree, he has a lot of design skills. So he, he's a strong designer. Um, so he can, he has designed and still designs all our gloves from scratch. And, um, and I have background in marketing and passion for digital marketing. So we saw that with those two, like legs uh, combined, we could uh, have a strong digital presence and um, and create a product that was, yeah, good, good yeah. enough to get out there. So yeah, so Carl is actually um, we have never outsourced the design process; it's it's in-house.
0: That's brilliant. So, and you sell like I, I suppose the, the other thing that that I noticed when when I was working with you that it's it's clearly a niche, so yes. it's interesting. You know, if you read a lot of uh, entrepreneurial books or you read blogs, I mean, many many advisors and consultants will suggest to you that you focus on a niche and you become an expert in that area. And clearly, that's exactly what you've done.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Admittedly, we uh, we've listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of business <laughs> entrepreneur yeah. stuff, but like, but and just kind of took those points because I, I do feel that that's a a great idea if you want to start out to to focus on something because me- what we get with our product is that we often get the feedback that, Oh, you could use your gloves for this or you could use your gloves for this. Like a lot of people want to take them, um, uh, like fishing or shooting and like hunting, or they want to take them paragliding and that's great. And that functionality is, um, is uh, great to use within other niches, but because yeah. we, for the marketing purpose, focus only on photographers I think we got like a leg up because we're talking directly to the photographer and not a lot of other people
0: and, and uh, Stina, would it would it be correct to yeah. say that you're also dealing with a, a vertical and a kind of a demographic of customer that have money to spend they do their research and they probably have no problem in terms of your price of your product mm. you're probably dealing with a customer that fully appreciates the effort and they don't have a problem paying a premium for a you know, an authentic product. Would, would that be, would that be correct? That is absolutely correct.
1: We, uh, the photography, the photographer market is, uh, is, well, they're, re- they're ready to spend. They have money in their pocket and many of them are passionate hobbyists. So, uh, they, yeah, they, when you first when you bought a camera for a thousand pounds, it's it's fine to to put a, a little extra on the table to get the the gloves that suit you, and um, so they're definitely a a target group that's uh, ready to spend and used to spending. So uh, so we thought it would be great to make a, a premium product for them, like something that could be that be durable, that was actually well thought through, exactly for them, and not just. Any other functional glove. So yeah, that is um, that is our target group, and they're also very detail oriented in terms of critique and feedback and all that. And it's a some it can be um some sometimes a challenge to work with, but it's also very valuable to get that detailed feedback on on every single uh, little feature of our product.
0: Yeah, and I, I've noticed reading through the reviews on the site, some of the reviews are very detailed. Mm. So it's very clear that, just as you said, that the, even your customers have a, a fairly high attention to detail. I, I, I'm intrigued as to as to where the products are going, Stina. So are you basically selling to all over the world? Where, where's your Where's your biggest market?
1: Well, we have... Three different uh, web shops, one catering for the Norwegian market, one we've set up in Holland that caters for the European market in in general and the global market. And then we have one in US and USA and and, uh, that caters primarily for uh, America uh, only. And right now we are somewhat the European store and the US market store are kind of 50-50 of our market. Our Norwegian market is very small, but it's still... uh, like compared to to the other two. Um, but we've also, from the get-go, just uh, focused globally. So we wanted to to take this niche to the global market. And even though we started everything here in Norway and we use them every day here in Norway, the, the market potential is really globally for,
0: for such a niche. You have two of those Shopify stores plugged into fulfillment centers. Is that correct? That so is correct. Two,
1: that is correct. So they're plugged in and pretty much take care of themselves. And, and then uh, we fulfill the Norwegian one here uh, from Norway.
0: Very good. Okay. So, so Stina, we spoke earlier on in the year and you were previously using WordPress. So obviously this is look, we're, we're a Shopify agency and I'm interested in, in listening and sharing your, your experience on, on, on the move over when you, when you look back over the last, you know, six to nine months, Overall, the migration to Shopify, has it, has it been a positive experience?
1: It has been. I would say as any change, it can be different or difficult to get used to new ways of doing things. And uh, But overall, it has been a positive experience. I'm very happy uh, where I am right now um, with uh, solid shopping carts and solid websites. And it's going and it's. Uh, I can get help when I want to. And I'm really happy we were... We got what we asked for, um, and uh, I'm delighted that we ended up here. Yeah.
0: But you, you've had no major outages or no major stoppages since you started. History sure haven't the the biggest fear that a lot of clients have that are using you know other platforms is that when they do move over, that you know it'll shut down or it won't say what it does on the tin or there's you know unknown issues. You, you haven't had really that many. I mean, you've had no outages, so you haven't had many. Blockages in any way? Have you?
1: No, I've had zero blockages. It's only been like small design things. So you're like, oh, I really like this old feature I had, and then um, we've adjusted that. And uh, as as you get on, and no, but no blockages at all. Like all the functionalities I have with WooCommerce are are available in Shopify. Um, It's more about changing your mindset. To we use WooCommerce and WordPress before, and and I enjoyed the market space of uh, just the open source uh, market of plugins and free everything. And in yeah. Shopify, you have to, to, to take the, well, you have to follow how, how things go and, and then sign up to the services that you need for your shop.
0: Yeah. And of course there's, you know, considering that you're running three stores, you've got, if you want to install a certain applications across all of the stores, you've got triple the cost as well, of course.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we went from a, a multi store setup in WooCommerce, so it was one installation, which was for some things really great because everything was just one dashboard. I could easily just swap between my shops and all that and, uh, and carry, uh, like, uh, copy over information and all that. So now with Shopify in this, you might have some more information on multi-store uh, release, Keith, but uh, as it is right now, we there are no multi-store options, so we'd had to separate things completely.
0: The Shopify recently launched multi-location inventory for for multiple warehouses, and they've also launched uh, multi-currency on on the Shopify Plus platform. Yeah, okay. So it's getting there. It's it, you know it's on the way. I suppose the only saving grace is the fact that. Thankfully, Shopify. Even though you have to log into separate stores, at least Shopify is relatively um, easy to make changes and to to view everything, even through the mobile app. So there is, although it's a, it, although it's not perfect, you know, it's it's certainly manageable. We have we do have quite a few clients that are running uh, two to three stores for the very same reason as yourself.
1: Mm, yeah, and it is it, for the, the user friendliness of it. It's, it's fine. It's more when it comes down to the the cost side of it, because you do have to triple your. App spend and all that. Like if you want to use one app and like you need to pay for the subscription in not one store, but then three stores, and and yeah. then it, and like that, it just becomes a financial um, a consideration.
0: Yeah, one word of advice that I, I give you, and also to the listeners of the podcast, is that if if at, at any occasion you're ever installing an app in multiple stores, the the app developer will, if you reach out to them, will generally at least you know consider some sort of a discount if you're putting three three in instead of one one of the wonderful things about the Shopify community especially the app development community is that they're always very open and trusted and, and e- you know easily contactable and they're always open to persuasion you know if you're going to become a long term customer the, the majority of the app developers that we've dealt with will you know will pass on some sort of a discount
1: oh that's amazing to hear maybe yeah, I should get on the awesome. email after this call <laughs> it,
0: could, it could yeah it's, could, it's worth a try you know because the app developers will understand why you have those three stores, you know, plugged into different fulfillment centers, you know, selling on different currencies. So they understand and they, they, they deal with, with the challenges of Shopify and the challenges of any platform, every platform has a challenge, I guess. Mm. So that's, look at if there was, if you were to take one thing away from, from this conversation, that might be worth considering. Yeah. Stina, one of the other things, which I think you've done really, really well uh, is the distribution and production of original organic content. You know, you have your ambassadors, and then you have obviously you're very busy on your blog. I'm interested. You know, I'm interested to how much time do you invest in that content production? Is it done in house? Do you have somebody to help? Do your ambassadors create content? How do you how do you manage the the, the outbound flow of, of original content?
1: Well, we actually have hired uh, someone to do everything in that area for us. So we have now a. a a new girl on the team, Erica. Erica clap. and she is our social media manager. She manages the blog and our ambassador program. So it is. We so I would say in that way we uh, we do um, invest in it. And she, uh, well, well, it's not all the all the content that we send out is not ours that we produce ourselves, but it is from ambassadors or so people who want to do collaborations and all that. So so not every blog post is written by Erica, but she kind of manages that whole flow. But we really uh, value and, um, and, and invest in that because we feel like that is where we can uh, put something to the table. And it's also a great tool for just activating that network you have. Maybe it's the business network, but it could also be just be the consumer um, engagement and all that. So we're constantly trying to improve that um, just content creation
0: obviously social is very, very important to you. I mean, your, your product is very visual. So you're busy on Instagram and you're busy on, on Facebook. Have you had much success with PPC and, and online advertising on Google?
1: Well, Oh, what a success. These days. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely testing out new things all the time, trying to optimize and, uh, and all that. And, um, but I, I think that we do get a lot of traffic and we do get a lot of sales through different campaigns. And, um, um, yeah, it's hard to really, of course you got your, your, your data showing you if you're doing well and, but yeah. Facebook advertising and Instagram, oh, that's a whole other concept. We could talk for hours about how to adjust that and how to make it even more profitable. But I think it's important to have the, the paid leg in your marketing in these uh, days as well. Like just to make sure you get shown on your organic channels, for instance, yeah. um, but, but yeah, but we, we do a lot of organic content creation. And, and we just found that the collaborations we have there with our ambassadors just go so much further than what we can pay for actually, um, for, uh, it's a better, way better return on investment to, um, to, to have some great ambassadors out there speaking for us. And, uh, so we, so we invest a lot in that and spend a lot of time on, on uh, nurturing those relationships.
0: Uh, so, so seeing that the ambassadors, are are they uh, professional f- photographers that have the same interests as you and then they share your content?
1: Yes, I would say that all of them are full-time uh, photographers and then many of them have YouTube channels and doing other things. And then we have another tier of collaborators that are just one-time collaborators or just only writing some blogs for us that wouldn't necessarily qualify as ambas- ambassadors. So we have like a full... We have many different tiers of of collaborations where the ambassadors are um, are mostly the ones that we we kind of consider our, our face our face out there. So we yeah. so we now know them well. And but um, yeah. yeah,
0: a lot of clients that we work with in Ireland they they start off as being you know online only. But I've noticed that you've you actually have some you've got the product in some retail uh, outlets. Across the world, is that something that you, you you guys are planning to grow, or is that something that just happened by accident?
1: Oh, uh, it kind of happened by accident. Uh, we wanted to in the beginning only be online, um, but then BH Photo reached out from the US, and they're this gigantic platform that everybody in the US wants to buy from. And then we're like, oh, maybe we should go down this road, but we have in our business plan that over a, a few years we should try to explore that channel more um but so it's we have like two legs now i think we're roughly doing 50 50 like so 50 retail and 50 uh, online sales which i think is a great balance for um for us as well so i think we're going to keep that and just keep exploring a little bit the retail side but it still has to make sense financially because there are other costs involved and and, uh, obviously they get a different price and we, where well, we can sell our, our products at full price with us. So it's finding that balance of a you want to be. And, um, yeah, so far I think it's pretty good. Like we have a few very like carefully selected retailers around the world and, um, yeah, let's see what happens in the future
0: your sales go up but of course you're giving away some of your margins so sometimes it doesn't make sense
1: exactly like we're currently figuring out whether or not to to go into the canadian market for instance and and you have to do a lot of calculations is then worth your your while and um, where i think as for this year we will focus on uh, we just joined amazon on in us so we're going to focus on building that channel for us so we'll see
0: Good, good. It's funny that you mentioned a photo. I bought a camera there.
1: Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> in
0: in, um, in the new, they, have a, they have a shop in New York. I can't quite remember what, what street it's on. Yeah. But I, I have never ever seen a, a, a camera store as large or busy. There was multiple floors and I if I if I remember correctly, they were fulfilling their online store from the same shop. So they had a an elevator system. Whereby it, it, somebody was packing the boxes for the for the online um, orders, but it was all being run through the store. So as you were walking through the store, you could see all of these products just going down, being moved across different areas for being, to be packed. Oh it really? It's an amazing experience, you know. They, they are a phenomenal business.
1: They are, they are massive. That's a, when you deal with big retailers like that. It's you're just a, a number in the spreadsheet, which is uh, unusual right. for us to be a small company and then dealing with a giant like that. We're we're used to yeah. having quite friendly conversations with retailers and all that, but massive. Um, companies like B&H it's just an Excel sheet with your glove catalog for instance And they don't want to look at some fancy uh, fancy flyer that we made where they would just want the Excel sheet
0: it's, you know you know it's funny too uh, just to go back to what we discussed earlier on I mean they focused on a niche they just started out selling cameras and now they've moved into audio computers lighting everything so and of course, they've, they've mastered the, the area of online. They've done really, really well. Cena, do you use the Shopify mobile app? Is that is that the, the main way you stay on top of your sales and your, your store success?
1: No, I usually access it on desk, desktop, but I do use the app as well I, when I'm on the go. But I'm so often by my computer needing to update something or look at orders. So I, I usually um, use, work with Shopify on my desktop, but I have the app as well
0: you know you're, you're you're running multiple stores and you're running a very very successful business on a you know on a wonderful platform so what do you really really like about shopify
1: i have come to love a few features of shopify um yes, yeah i have like i just love the dashboard like just the way that you can we we have these monthly uh, meetings where we uh, sit down and assess all our uh, key performance indicators and with WooCommerce it used to take me hours to to find out our exact conversion rate and to find out all where where our top referrals all that stuff and now with Shopify it's just ta-da in each <laughs> squad of my of my three different sites I literally just take a screenshot and then we then we talk about it so that's amazing and um. What I really like as well is uh, that you can uh, build, like for instance, for Christmas, you can build your, if you want to, we're preparing Christmas sale, you can, you can work on that Christmas sale front page. Um, You don't have to work in a live environment, I think is the right way to put it. So you can actually update your site in a copy of your site and just publish it when you're ready. Like those two things, I think are just brilliant. And then there are also just the ease of using the apps, like that they're just so well integrated. Um, I was so surprised when I'm using, uh, what is the Judge Me reviews?
0: The reviews app. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And previously, even though I had a multi-store set up, I could not transfer reviews from one shop to the other. But here it integrates it. So my reviews from my U.S. side are uh, shown in my EU store, which is just fantastic because then I can get that, um, uh, just that, what do you call that? Other people vouching for my product across countries, yeah. which is yeah. great. The
0: social proof is, is, is built across all of the stores, which is great. So yeah. you're, obviously your review numbers then in every store is going to be higher.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like if they're actually, and I'm just so happy that I finally have a, like a webshop system that I trust because that was the thing about WooCommerce it crashed down again and even though I work a lot with web and and, and data and, and stuff like that I, I couldn't I wasn't able to to fix that so then I needed developers to come in and we were so fragile um, but now it's like I can get help instantly if there's anything there hasn't been an, an error yet but it could be it just makes me secure so I don't need to worry about it when
0: it's peak yeah, season it yeah there's a there, there it, it, what it does is it builds confidence because one of the things you just don't have to worry about mm. is the actual technology it's yeah. interesting interesting the comment you made about the dashboard yeah because uh, really what it does is its it it just reduces the need for powerpoint
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah and Your it also
1: Yeah, Yeah. because it says you know it. It even tells you like what if I take the report from from this month, it compares automatically to last month, so we can see instantly at at a glance like what has it gone up, has it gone down, what's happened here, which is awesome.
0: The other thing they've really recently done is they've added the field for to put put the cost price of the product in as well. Yeah. So if you want to manipulate that data, of course, you can just export it into Excel and just do a quick, you know, margin analysis. We have migrated quite a few customers over who never fully understood exactly what their margin was and never fully understood what their conversion rate was. Mm. So, you know, that's why I suppose as a Shopify expert, we we believe it's a game changer for a lot of people on, on legacy platforms.
1: Yeah, I really think it is for that. Uh, shopping cart experience as well. We, we actually have a lot more mobile sales this year than last year. And uh, it could be, have something to do with how the shopping cart just uh, works on mobile with Shopify. But, um, well, it's one factor at least
0: to consider. And
1: I I do think it it plays a part.
0: And Selena, the pay by PayPal button is very prominent on the, on the, on your design and your current uh, turbo theme. Mm. A couple of years ago, we would have thought that PayPal payments were actually declining, but do you, do you still get, do you still get a lot of payments through PayPal?
1: Yeah. 50% I'd say people are very used to it. Like they, uh, they like checking out on PayPal. So, uh, yes. yeah, yeah. It, I, I think it's 50%. I'll have to check my numbers again, but it's up there.
0: I wouldn't say it's quite 50% with most of the stores that we, that we're in and that we work with, but certainly at a minimum it's 25, 30%, especially in the UK. PayPal is very prominent in the UK, probably driven by the fact that eBay is around quite a long time. So to have an eBay account, you have to have a PayPal account. So
1: Mm. we have more than 25%. That's for sure. But whether it's 40 or 50% that checks out there, um, that could be specific to our niche, but uh, <laughs> who knows?
0: Uh, with, with every platform, there's limitations. So if you were to pick out, you know, one major limitation or struggle that you have with Shopify, what would it be?
1: I would say the blog section. Um, we have a, a strong... We use our blog a lot. We have a strong blog presence and it's an important leg in our business and building collaborations and networks. And I... And the, just the interface Shopify offers is is very limited, um, to say the least. Where the compared to the the WooCommerce WordPress uh, uh, system I was using before, you had all these features to uh, to upload images and make carousels and make it a very nice looking page. Where in Shopify you actually need to to code all that yourself if you want to go beyond just inserting an image which has been challenging, but we find found ways around it. But it's a little surprising that there aren't any apps out there that can help you get more functionality, so put some short codes in uh, um, to help you have a stronger blog presence. So, so I would say the blog side of things, there's
0: definitely some workarounds there. Right. So, Sina, there, there's a, a very successful app uh, called the Shogun app.
1: Oh, yeah? Okay.
0: The, Shopify recently had some events on in New York and the UK and Berlin and in India and Australia. And it was the, the Shogun guys were involved in the promotion of it. And they they displayed their wares, as they say, at, the, at all of those events. And it's, it's worth looking at. And it, it, that's exactly what it is. It's a page builder.
1: Mm, okay, yeah,
0: cool. That's, that's worth looking at. That might actually solve your problems
1: Yeah, I tried to search for it in the app store, but maybe I haven't searched for the right keywords or something. Shogun. I'll check it out.
0: So Steena, look, thank you very, very much for, for, for joining us today. Um, You're very welcome. A great, a, an interesting conversation. Um, it's I, I'm just amazed sometimes at what people sell in Shopify and thank you very, very much for your time. Oh,
1: thank you and thank you for helping us out with the migration to Shopify. It's been a s- smooth ride.
0: Thank you, Steena. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to episode four of the Milk Bottle Shopify e-commerce podcast. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes and Spotify. Until next time, have a great day.